right, the back leg line is open. 416-413-3959. Your chance to vent about yesterday's trade deadline because we didn't get a chance to to do it with you. I thought we might for a minute. <laughs> True story, is Barker and I stayed in here until 9.30 last night and had pizza because we thought we were doing Blue No, no, no. You're the worst leader ever. <laughs> because we thought we were doing Blue Jays talk. I ask you, are we? Are, and, do we have to work after the game? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, who's buying pizza? Okay, I will. Yeah, I saw it. Sure, no, no problem. And uh, as it turns out, like around 9.30... We were in the eighth inning, and you looked at me and was said, like, "Jesus, we're not, jeez, we're not doing the game tonight, or we're not, we're not doing Blue Jays talk." So uh, yeah, so anyhow, that, uh, but we are tonight. I, I can say that we are doing it tonight. I think. Yeah, the keg is calling because you owe me. Again, product placement. Well, sorry, I can't say that, can I? I apologize. No. I apologize. Four one six four one three three. Is that Sean Casey up on uh, MLB Network? Asian hitting. Man, he's cleaned up since he's joined the Yankees. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. So that is your chance to uh, uh, vent about the Blue Jays trade deadline, vent about how bad they were last night, vent in general. And uh, maybe ask, maybe try to get Kevin to get off the fence a bit here and lay some blame. Lay some blame on the lineup instead of blaming everybody but Vladdy. <laughs> Dalton Varsha, it's his fault. It's not Vladdy's fault. Yeah, the super khakis put him in the cleanup spot. Start the season. Dalton's fault. Mm. What if the khakis, is there a computer program that could spit out how to beat a team in the AL East? I'm sure that I'm sure they're trying. You know? I will. Somebody might sure it's not lack of effort. Somebody down there might want to look into that. I'm sure they do know a what little R2-D2 thing and try to... I'm sure they're told what their record is against the East. Uh, David Sampson is host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. He's a former president of the Miami... Nope, Florida Marlins. Pardon me. David, thank you so much for joining Kevin and me after the trade deadline. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked John Morosi because I'm interested in an owner's point of view here. This is supposed to be the summer of Otani. Do we know anything more after this trade deadline passed with Otani still with the Angels, the Angels going in to try to win with him, the Dodgers doing nothing, and the Mets, maybe, maybe they, have, they sent Max Scherzer out and said, dude, do us a solid. Help us run a fake here. Go out and tell everybody that we're going to reset in, in, in 2024, make them think we're not in an Otani and we're actually going to go in an Otani. Like, do, do we know anything more right now? The only thing I can tell you is there's no way that they asked Max Scherzer to do a solid for them and that, <laughs> that Max would do it solid for them. This that is, true. is not uh, what, what would interest Max. So what, what would be interesting is if, in fact, Billy Epler did say that to Max, I cannot believe that he would ever say that. It's such a silly thing to say, even if true. And either way, if you're Steve Cohn, you've got to clean that up. And Billy Epler tried to clean it up by saying we plan on competing for a World Series every year, which is what they should say. I can't imagine they're retooling, rebuilding, fire selling, whatever they're doing. They were simply recognizing that the pitchers they had were overpaid mm -hmm. for their performance. This is not like what I used to do, which is trade players making money and replace them with players making no money. 
This is Steve Cohn, I assume, trading players who make money to replace them with players who make money. <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. So what, do, you, do you think it's still with Otani, it's still going to come down to Dodgers and Angels? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that maybe somebody else steps in there? I, you know, there's the Giants, there's the Mariners. I still believe he stays with the Angels. I've said that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I knew he was not going to be traded at the deadline, and I said that in March on Nothing Personal. There's no way Artie Moreno wants to be associated with a trade like that. The only way that I would see it having happened is if he spoke to Shohei and Shohei said, listen, I'm happy to, uh, to go somewhere for a couple of months. Here's the teams that I would go to. And, of course, I will still resign or give you a chance to resign me. And it would be better for the Angels, in theory, uh, to do that because then they could get players for Otani and then get Otani back similar to what Brian Cashman did with Araldis Chapman, if you remember, mm-hmm. in uh, 2016. He traded him to the Cubs, and got he may have gotten Glaber Torres, yep. but I can't remember who he got, and then re-signed Chapman the next season. Boy, he'd look good hitting second for the Blue Jays. But they look good hitting second for everybody. Absolutely. Uh, after, the, <laughs> after August 1st, well, what do you make of the American League East? Uh, it's a tough time to be chasing and people aren't talking about the uh, balanced schedule enough. Uh, what the balanced schedule means is you're not playing your divisional opponents as many times this year as you did last year. It's only 13 versus 19. And it used to be that you could leapfrog people in your division. We used to always do the math. Hey, we're only six games behind the Mets and we play them six times in the last week. If we go six and zero, we can tie them. So we're still in it mathematically and you're just not going to have as many matchups within the division. So it's, it's a tougher time to be chasing. Uh, to your point, the Jays are 7-22 and 22 in the American League East against East teams. What do you make of that? It's so great that you asked that. We used to have conversations about what our records were against teams and how we wanted to have a good record in the division. And then we started doing, we analyzed it and did the math and realized that if you, games are games. And we had an owner who wanted to realign our pitching so that our best starter would pitch against the Mets, let's say, because it was a division game. And our view is, well, the game against, you know, the, the Tigers the next day is just as important. So I think when you're looking at your divisional record, it's not something to be as concerned about, especially with the balance schedule. The bigger concern for the Jays to me is just there. We haven't seen the run yet. And you and I talked last time before the deadline that I didn't think the Jays had done enough, meaning the clubhouse had done enough to deserve anything at the deadline. But what, what Rogers did and what they decided to do, that's the credit. So we'll see how they react. And so far, as you know, it's, it's not been great, but it's still, there's plenty of time. Mm. You know, George Springer has not had a very good year. George Springer is also at that point where you, in his career, uh, where you, people are going to start looking at him and wondering if maybe we're not sort of on the, the, the back nine here uh, with George Springer. That's a pretty sizable contract. And, and you know, I always tell people, I used to think that there was, I, I thought there was that an, a, a completely non-tradable contact contract existed until I saw Vernon Wells traded. And that kind of changed my entire conception. When I saw that, I thought, you know, uh, PT Barnum, man, he was, he had it right all along. Uh, When as an owner, do you have to have a discussion with your front office 
or I should say, let me rephrase that. When as a front office, do you have a discussion with an owner and how do you go about doing it and say, look, we need to, uh, we need to take a look at moving this guy out and, and it may cost us some money. So it depends on your job security. When you've got a front office of a, of a guy signed to a long-term deal, uh, they're more apt to be appreciative of the long-term than a GM who's fighting for his next contract. So continuity matters because at the end of the day, front office people are trying to save their own jobs and make themselves look as good as possible. But when you sign George Springer, and again, we've discussed the Blue Jays sign free agents. They sign players. They pay players. They've got competitive payrolls. That's not been the issue to me recently at all. But when you look at Springer, there's no denying. When you're playing, I don't know what he is. I'm going to say 32, 33, 34, Mm -hmm. somewhere in that range. Of course, that's the back nine. There's very few players who are able to get better with age. Uh, Verlander and Scherzer actually did a pretty good job of that. But most players, as they get older, if they're not using steroids, you're going to lose performance. And that's part of the cost of doing business. Look at all these deals that were done last offseason, the 10-year deals, bringing players into their late 30s, early 40s. Look at the end of the Pujols deal, the Cabrera deal. The end of deals, it's always bad, so you try to make hay in the beginning of the deals. Yeah, I'm just looking at George Springer. He's got uh, three more years after this year at 22 million five hundred thousand a year and then he's that takes him through his age 36 season and and the reason i i mentioned that is because you know i look it's august 2nd 2023 and i'm not going to look ahead to necessarily to vladdy reaching free agency yet but david they haven't signed him to a long-term contract george springer again they're on the hook for that much money it's it seems to me that and maybe fans don't, maybe fans shouldn't even care about this, but it, it seems to me that the Jays are getting pretty close to having to make some pretty difficult decisions about dudes. For sure. We've been talking about this for a couple of years with their position players. And what they did is they sprinkled in free agent pitching and this was their window. And that's one of the reasons I think that um, there was no interest in, in anything but getting better at the deadline Uh, To the extent it works or doesn't, we'll find out. But this is definitely the window of opportunity for this group of players because you will not be able to sign every position player. You just can't do it. There's, It's not a a sort of infinity as your payroll. So hard decisions are going to have to be made. And then the question is, do you make the right ones? You know, you sign Vladdy to a 10-year, $300 million deal. If that's what he wants and that's what you think he deserves, is that in the best interest of the franchise in years six through 10? And my answer is probably not. David, I want to move off the American League East. I, I This is me. I think Baltimore is the best team in the American League. Obviously, I think Atlanta is the best team in the National League. Do you think after August 1st, there's a sleeper team other than the obvious ones, right? The Dodgers could throw the Rangers in there. You could throw Tampa in there. Like there's, you could, I guess if you want to, you could throw Toronto in there. You could throw Houston in there. Is there a sleeper team in your mind that could give those two teams a run? You just I mean, went, I named, you went through I the whole, you just went through other, the whole league. Yeah, but other than those teams. What about the bad news bears? The bad news bears. There's, you know, like a, I don't know, like a Brewers team. You Maybe that team. Named every team. So well, I don't even know how to answer that. Can you I? No, I would tell you the White Sox are not a sleeper team. <laughs> Can I answer it for you? Do it. I'm going to answer it Please. for you. The, the Miami Marlins 
And then that's, I'm just going I'm I'm to stand back. I'm just going to stand. I, the reason I mentioned that, David, look, the Marlins went out and added some stuff at, at, at the deadline. And is, is the Phillies a sleeper team? Phillies are a good team. You know, Trey Turner has struggled. Their entire offense has actually struggled. And you wonder, can they believe they can turn it on the way they did last year and and ride some hotness all the way through October? And you have to have the feeling they can do it again. To me, the difference with them, not just on the offensive side, I don't view Wheeler and Nola as sort of the best one-two in baseball by any stretch. And last year, they were pitching both like aces. And, and, they, and they exhibited that through September, October. And I don't see that this year, but there's time still. And so one of the things that you look at when you're looking at, let's say, the National League, when you know that there are five teams all within two games and only three make it, the Marlins are an interesting team. I, I don't know that Berger is the difference maker or Josh Bell, but I do know that when you've got Sandy Alcantara pitching the way that he did last year the last two starts, David Robertson is not a the perfect closer. He blew the save uh, just the other night. But at the end of the day, if they can score runs, their pitching staff is good enough that they should be able to pass Arizona. And in theory, they could catch San Francisco. I think that Philly and the loser of Cincinnati-Milwaukee for the division will make the playoffs, and that only leaves one slot. So it's going to be fascinating. Uh, baseball and Rob Manford specifically are ecstatic about what September is going to be. Yeah, listen, I, I think we looked at it. There's what? There's 21 teams within five games yeah. of, of the playoffs or something like that. And, and yeah, one of the things that kind of struck me as I was you know, leading up to the trade deadline is, and, and I, this is not an original thought, actually, because as I thought it was originally, and then Jason Stark said, that's really good. I wrote about that three weeks ago. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that counts as an original thought. But you know what? We've... We've kind of seen the disappearance of the super team, haven't we? Is your definition of a super team a team that wins 100 or more games like or a team that is consistently in the playoffs? Per, it, consistently in the playoffs. I mean, the Braves The Braves are, would be the one team the I Yankees. would Yankees. Uh, what about Houston? Okay. Houston is in the middle of a dynasty right now. Okay. If you look at what they've done in the number of LCSs in a row and the, and what they've done since 2017, garbage cans or not, look at what the Dodgers have done, the Braves. Those are those are super teams. Yeah, but opinion. I guess nobody looks. Do, do people do people fear the Astros? Do they fear the Dodgers? I'm, I, you know, I, I, I again Atlanta. I think Atlanta. Look, Atlanta's a, Atlanta's a terrific team, and they're deep. Then and you know they're. You've got a bunch of guys in the prime of their career. They're they're a really nicely constructed team. But David, I don't think anybody I don't think anybody fears playing the Dodgers. I and Houston people people may respect them. I think people necessarily fear the Astros. Do you? Absolutely, they do for me. I think. Yeah, the, the Astros have played under the big lights and they've consistently won. I think that an Astros Braves World Series is probably the most likely. But that said, you know very well in a two out of three or a three out of five, four out of seven, anything can happen in baseball. So the concept of super team as defined by rings one, there hasn't been a repeat champion since the Yankees. Right. The Astros, the Dodgers, by the way, have one ring during the COVID season. Yep. The Cubs, was, they were going to be a dynasty. They won it in 16. That's not a dynasty. 
the the Braves, they've they've just won it. The Nationals, we thought they could be a dynasty. No, that's true. Didn't happen. It's really hard. The Yankees haven't won a ring at all since 09, yet they're consistently in the playoffs. So you'd have to consider them a super team uh, in terms of having an opportunity in the tournament, postseason tournament. So I just think it's different than when we think of the NBA and having a big three as an example. Speaking of the Yankees, uh, both the Yankees and the Red Sox had kind of interesting trade deadlines. I mean, the Red, the Red Sox to me made a little more sense because they do have a pretty good lineup. Uh, they are getting some pitching back, but I, I still, I, I still expected the, and, and they've, they've got a disgustingly easy schedule. I mean, they, they play Toronto. They've got a three game series against Toronto at Fenway park and they're seven and zero against the Jays this year. Then they've got Kansas city, Washington. And I, I believe there's and and Detroit. And I just kind of thought I, I expected Boston to do something, but, I, I'm I'm just intrigued as how you see the Red Sox and the Yankees, and you know who 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 do you think has more work to do to get ready for next year? Is it is it obviously the Yankees? Well, you say more work to do when you've got a bunch of players already signed to long term contracts. Is the work to do trying to unload those contracts the way the Mets did with Scherzer and Verlander, or is the work to do at the margins? And one thing about the Red Sox is, uh, and the Yankees, frankly, they're not going to pay attention to the media or to the fans in terms of splashes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't interest them. Brian Cashman's never been that way. Kyan Bloom came out and said, hey, we like our team, and we're not going to make moves for the sake of making them, and especially given it was a seller's market. So there were, there were overpays required in order to get any one of substance, and there weren't that many players I mean, we're talking about the biggest trade of it's Verlander yeah. or Scherzer. They're not aces anymore. It's not a, remember when Juan Soto was traded. That was an impact deadline trade. And guess what that added up to? Yeah. Nothing for San Diego. Literally nothing at all. So it's just so different when you're inside the front office, when you're looking at the deadline. And I, and I tell people this just today. Remember the Braves in 19, their deadline when they won the uh, World Series? Was it, or 21, whenever 21, excuse me. Yeah, and they, they added Soler, yeah. Rosario, and Adam Duvall, I think, was the third player. Yeah. And, and no one said a word. People are saying, well, well, that's a crappy deadline. Meanwhile, got them to the World Series and won them the World Series. So I don't think that doing winners and losers of the deadline on August 3rd is really the right thing to do. In your, yeah, sorry, in, ahead, your, in your mind, who wins the World Series first, the Yankees or the Mets? That no one's asked that direct question. Uh, I'm going to say that's tied for both not uh, the Yankees. I think the Yankees will find a way to do it. There's something about what Steve Cohn is doing, and I appreciate he's trying to be the Dodgers. He's trying to use his financial muscle to buy prospects, and and he's seducing other teams into giving them prospects, and he's he's doing that, and he can sign free agents. But there's just something about flushing. And and city field that just doesn't smell or taste like World Series. Yeah. David, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. It's wonderful. Thank you. Good stuff. Yeah, have a great day. Take care. Bye bye. It's David Sampson, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. It always used to kind of surprise me that Flushing is a name for a place. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm. I'm actually. I, I'm with David. At the start of the year, I would have said differently. 
Uh, I would have said the Mets probably have a better chance than the Yankees. I still think the Yankees are just a, they're kind of a rotting hull right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm with them. There's just there's something. Maybe it's because Buck Showalter manages the team. There's just something unimpressive about the way the Mets go about their business. You know, to me, I, I look at Francisco Lindor. To me, he's going to be. He's going to have been a guardian for life, is what you're saying. But no, to me, <laughs> to me, he's he's going to be. He may end up being, you know, the the uh, sort of the symbol of Steve Cohen and the Mets. Mm. Just the the dynamism we expected from that franchise isn't there. And and look, yes, the Yankees are old. They got a lot to do. But, um, and, and quite frankly, I think, you know, I really do wonder if, if at some point the Yankees don't need to have a serious discussion about Aaron Boone and, and, and Brian Cashman. But I just, I'd rather, I feel more optimistic about what, about the Yankees being able to build on what they have than the Mets being able to build on what they have. I, I think guess that's a way I, I would think the it. Red Sox are a couple of pitchers away from making a serious run because of their offense. I think the Orioles are going to be here for at least the next three years. I think the Blue Jays are going to be They're consistently be a, a tough the Rays out. The Rays. the Rays are going to be a so pain. You're, you're thinking it's going to be hard for the Yankees to get out of the division. Absolutely. I, I think if you can win it through a wild card... Winning divisions, now it's the Yankees, and they're going to win a bunch of games. It's hard to go to Yankee Stadium. And, you know, you clean it up, and you just get some better athletes running all over the place. And if you pay for that and just eat some money on some bad deals that you made, I'm sure you could do it because it's the big the big bad Yankees. That's what they do, right? They, they spend for their mistakes. That's what they do. But is that consistently going to work? And the Orioles, I think, have thrown a wrench into all this. I really do. Yeah, they, they are uh, really good. The Orioles. They are like really good. I it's it's kind huh. of funny because really good. Because I think people around the East, people in the East, kind of they kind of looked at everybody and said, "Okay, we kind of you know the Rays are the Rays. They're always going to be the Rays." But we kind of know about the Yankees. We've got our suspicions about the Red Sox. Kind of know about the Jays. I mentioned we all know about the Rays. I don't think at any point in in long-term thinking, anybody in this division said, what happens if the Orioles arrive a year before we think they're going to arrive? And what happens if the Orioles blow open their window of opportunity, which is essentially what they've done this year? They've blown open their window of opportunity. You know, who's got... The Orioles don't have to do anything for next year. Be nice to add a starting pitcher. Yeah, they need a number one. They still don't but, have but, that. Okay. They need one. Yeah. And they've got a lot of minor leagues. The Jays are going to have a ton of work to do in the offseason. No question. The Red Sox are going to have a ton of work to do in the offseason. Couple pitchers. The Yankees are going to have a ton of work to do in the offseason. The Rays are the Rays. I, who would you rather be over the next three years? Red Sox, Yankees, Jays, Rays, or well, Orioles? The, the Orioles have earned. They've stunk a, long, a while. So they've earned but this. But they've hit and they, on. They absolutely. Hit on absolutely. Other teams have stunk and haven't hit on things the way the Orioles. Kansas City stunk. So, they haven't hit on things the way the Orioles. That's well said. 
the back leg line is 416-413-3959. We're going to go to the back leg line next. I've also got Jay's Orioles tickets here for August 3rd. Hey, that's tomorrow. We've got a trivia question. We'll get to that when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and Sportsnet. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a little bit more on time this year, uh, getting ready my leg kick from years past. I think, um, you know, just a lot of work in the offseason to try to re-rick my swing. And, um, you know, maybe just a little luck in there. Maybe just I see the ball a little bit better. But, uh, you know, overall, I think uh, a lot of righties hit lefties really well. And I'm finally glad that I was one of them. I think I was reverse splits the last couple years on them. So uh, for me to be able to hit the opposite hand a little bit better just means I'm in a decent spot. That is Paul DeYoung, the newest member of the Toronto Blue. Happy birthday to Paul DeYoung, by Absolutely. the way. He's 30. Welcome, Toronto. I remember 30. No, you don't. <laughs> you're right, That's I don't. That's a lie. <laughs> I remember uh, you're 35. You're such a liar. 30 or 40. Uh, that is the newest member of the Blue Jays, Paul DeYoung. Uh, He's in the lineup today playing shortstop. If uh, you haven't heard, he'll be playing shortstop for a while. Uh, Bo Bichette went in the IL today for at least uh, 15 days. I Question, though, about this. Why did they keep Santiago Espinal around if the first time Bo Bichette suffers an injury, they have to make a trade to fill that spot? That's a tremendous question I don't have an answer for. Okay. You'd, you'd, have to, you'd have to ask the people in charge. No, I, listen, I, I don't know. And I'm sure Santi's sitting around going, hey, you remember me? Yeah, I was, I was a, an all-star I was, last year. Yeah. I, know, I know I wasn't real good in the second half because – Anyhow. I'm just not used to playing every day at this level. I think that's more of a mental grind than a physical grind for him. But I'm with you. If he's sitting around, he's thinking to himself, it may be time for me to move on. What did you make of Paul DeYoung's comments? I like that. I, I, every once in a while, I tried to do this when I was a player. It's not the easiest thing to do. Sometimes you got to go home and look yourself in the mirror and go, he dude's pretty good and I ain't right now. I got to change some things. Kicking it to the ear Trying to create a little loft and you swing. That's why they do that. Is when you're doing the leg kick thing, you're trying to get your barrel to do a little windmill thing. To do what? Launch angle. To get that thing in the air and hit it over the infielders. And I just like that he's bought into, I'm not good enough. I got to go home and make a change. Simplify it. It's repeatable. It allows me to get a better pitch to hit. And at this level, if I can lay off of his good one, and get my good one, because I've been around long enough and I know myself that if I get that good one, I'm going to make a good path towards the baseball because I've made that mechanical adjustment that allows me to do that, gives me a chance. That's all I want. He's hitting eighth for a reason. He ain't a great hitter. He's going to run into occasional, you know, hanging breaking ball and hit a home run to the pull side. That's what he does. He plays good enough defense. I just like that he's bought into, I'm going to play a lot against lefties. I got to make an adjustment. He did it. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. We're going to go to it in a minute. But first, uh, we got tickets to give away. Mm. We're giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or in our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 59590. 
Our last trivia question and answer was in 2018, this Orioles pitcher gave up four home runs without recording a single out. Name him. The answer was Dylan Bundy. Did you get that? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Orioles down at the Rogers Center tomorrow. I got this sucker within three seconds. And not only that, Mark Boffo, you can vouch for this. I named the catcher involved in the play. It, it was well done. It, it was, was really well done. done. Thank you, Mark. No, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Orioles top prospect and number one over, overall pick, Jackson Holiday's father, Matt, had a very successful MLB career. Which team did Matt and the Rockies play in game 163 where he never actually touched home plate on the game-winning run? Give him a hit. No. Come on. No. Be a good guy. No. For once. No. Come on. The catcher was Michael Barrett. Give him the team. No. That's what they have to guess. Yeah. <laughs> give, give him no. somebody that plays for the team now. That <laughs> would no. look good hitting second for the Blue Jays. <laughs> Jeez. They were going to get it anyway. This is an easy one. But the catcher was Michael Barrett. Oh, they were going to get it. This is an easy one. You wouldn't have gotten this in 30 years. You would not have. By the time you got this question, the Jays would have had their Ninth no, I, win against I, American League East I, I, well, competition. I was, not, I was not selfish in thinking when I was used to write and covering teams that I'd like to go to this stadium because it's really nice. <laughs> so anyhow, no, text your answer to five ninety five ninety for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash five ninety. I was sitting in a hotel room in Chicago trying to book my flight. I'm going, boy, please, please. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> please. He's out. <laughs> Please, no! You're 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 lying. I don't want. You're not good at your job. <laughs> hey, uh, shout out by the way to to Framber Valdez for that. No way. That's how you respond to a trade deadline. Your general manager goes up and brings Justin Verlander, and everybody's happy. There will Framber Valdez out there, sinker, 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 you know sinker. That, you know what that does? We've seen him try to pitch game one. Doesn't oh. go well. So it's good to have a, a veteran guy mm. like Verlander who can sort of take the pressure off a guy that just can go out and pound the zone with a two-seamer. Like that two-seamer he's got and that big – the spin on that breaking ball, it's, it's just, when he's it, throwing strikes and getting quick outs it's almost, with the two-seamer and can throw a stri- a cold strike with that breaking ball so important with him, when he's getting those, it's almost cancel Christmas. It's right? almost weird watching him pitch. Because he's left-handed. Yeah, that's... I think that's what it that is. is. Like, there's yeah. no way... You're thinking to yourself, there's no way he's working through a, a lineup like that, and he does it. 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. We had lots of folks, boy, am I stunned about this, who wanted to to weigh in after the trade deadline and after the 13-3 loss to the Baltimore Orioles last night, such as Trevor in Toronto. Trevor. I just wanted to say... I cannot emphasize this enough. The Blue Jays hitting coaches need to be fired. At the beginning of the season, the hitters were hitting the ball the other way. The first month or so, everything was great. Offense was great. And then it stopped. Why, I don't know. On the weekend, I saw Guillermo Martinez talking to, I think it was George Springer. Mm -hmm. And rather than say anything to him, he just handed him the iPad. You got Don Mattingly. In the dugout, one of the best hitters of all time. It's such an easy move. Fire the hitting coaches, name Don Mattingly the hitting coach, and try to get things turned around. That's my comment. Do with it what you will. 
Have a great night. Uh, thanks, Trevor. Look, um, what would not, be the- just on, not just on Madding. This organization is Victor Martinez and Edwin as consultants. <laughs> I'm not going to go off. Well, yeah, I am kind of. This is, this is the way baseball is now. The iPad. It's not just an iPad. There's a lot of people involved in the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. The Jays have hitting a hitting coach. They have an assistant hitting coach. They've got a hitting strategist. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always thought the hitting coach is not like the offensive coordinator in football. Or if I fire the offensive coordinator, I can bring this guy in from New Southwest Eastern State or wherever, and he's going to institute a new offense. And I mean, that ain't going to work. Is you're you could bring Don you could bring Don Mattingly in, and George Springer's still going to be doing what George Springer is doing this year. But but Trevor, all I'll say is this: in the olden days. The hitting coaches would have been fired. The hitting coaches on this team would have been fired by now. They would have. Matt Chapman been around long enough that he should make his own adjustments? Hell yeah. Vladdy been around long enough that he should be able to. Yes, now he has. He's not 21. Absolutely. Should Vladdy be able to have a better approach and know with runners in scoring position that they are trying to do this? I am not going to do that and get myself out. Yes or no? Absolutely. George Springer should understand how to – not stand so straight up and down all the time, maybe have a two-strike approach, maybe not chase the slider away. I'm not saying that pitching has never been tougher because it has. It don't take a smart person to tell fans that watch baseball on a regular basis that that's the case because it is. The elevated fastball has changed hitting, and you add velocity to that, it's a thing. I want to blame the hitting coaches too. And if sometimes I guess if it was a younger team like the Orioles, their younger guys haven't been there and done it before, haven't went through 0 for 30s before, mm-hmm. don't know how to walk themselves off a plank. It's very hard for me to blame Guillermo. I'm with you. The whatever they're spewing when it comes to strategy is oh, not working. yeah, that that that, that part working. that part of it needs working. to be adjusted because they consistently get themselves out all the time. But I will say a lot of these guys that matter that play every day don't like the elevated fastball. And if you can throw hard, which all of them do now, and you don't even have to make a perfect pitch that's somewhere around the belt to get them out. I mean, we saw that last night you know, in the sixth I, inning with Chapman. That for me is I'm just I sometimes I think you have to maybe look at the talent. Maybe it's just they're saying it the right way. The talent that's walking through the plate. I made a I made maybe a, we maybe we outpunted the coverage when it comes to the talent. So all he, I'm saying. Yeah, I, I made a point yesterday on Twitter where I said that the one of the lessons to be taken away from this trade deadline is because of the way the new schedule is in effect and there's fewer interdivision games, interdivision games. Because of the number of teams that are involved in the wild card race, I think teams need to reevaluate the whole, well, we'll put our team together, and if it doesn't work, we can go out at the trade deadline and add and add a missing piece. And somebody and, and, and I said, especially if you have a fundamentally flawed lineup. And a lot of people said, Well, wait a minute. As I recall very early in the year, you were predicting me the, this fundamentally flawed lineup was good enough to go to the World Series, which is true. But folks, here's the problem. You do not want me uh, being the person 
putting together your lineup. There are people who are supposed to be smarter than me or you or Kevin putting that lineup together who are supposed to realize that there's a fundamental flaw to that lineup. The Dalton Varsho hitting cleanup to start the season was unfair. It was unfair, and they. It, it was unfair for a guy that is coming to a new team. What did his dad never, say? Remember, never, we had his dad shocked. on. He shocked. Was shocked that never, he was clean never up. hit clean his dad. Up. Never been on a contending team that had expectations to win a World Series. It ain't you just put a dude's name in a lineup anywhere. Ain't that's not the way it works. They can tell you that's the way it is. It's not the way it is. Uh, so. There's a there's numerous things there that went into that, but I'm not sure Donnie baseball would want to be the hitting coach. He's I'm sure he's got a pretty good gig now. I'm sure he does too. Nobody blames him for anything. Who wouldn't want that job? Does anybody ever mention his name? Nope. I mean he's on the team. You wouldn't think that he would have something to do with. You'd think he'd probably you know Matt Chapman hitting two eighteen yeah. with runners in scoring position. And it is Laddie remarkable not having extra base hits with runners in scoring position and. George Springer hitting 208 with runners in scoring position. Dalton Varsho, who's left-handed, I mean, he hitting was, 177. He was the bench coach. I mean, he, I, he's, he was the bench coach, and the, manag- and the manager went out to make the, the whole situation with Manoa. One of the things I was always under the impression that a bench coach's job to do is go, uh, you know, I, you've, already you've, made a, already. you've already made a couple. Don't you've already that. been out Grab there. Grab me by the shirt. Anyhow. Justin and Vaughn. No, we had Justin. Yes, no, we're going to go to Justin, Justin. and Vaughn. Just a question with the trade deadline gone. Do you see the Jays taking any interest in Nelson Cruz or Trey Mancini just for a little power on the bench? That's it. Love the show. Thanks. Justin, I would love to see. I I don't think he would make a difference to this team, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Nelson Cruz. I'd rather see Nelson Cruz coming up the bat late in the game than Jordan Luplo. What do you think, Parker? I think he's really old. I I, I love Cruzy. Like I, his nickname's a boom. How can you not I, want a guy who's nicknamed the Boomstick in your team? Because he's in his forties. Okay, Jim and Hamilton. Trade deadline. Could we not trade? I love Jim Barker in for hitting coach for the Jays. Oh, because I, I think his foot up everybody's backside in that lineup <laughs> will actually install. I choose my words carefully. A difference in the attitude and the approach. Boy, I don't know about the foot part. You really want me to say something right now, don't you? I do. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, why I'm not doing it. Uh, I know, twist, I know twist this. in the wind. Uh, here, here, here. Uh, First of all, he couldn't take the pay cut. Secondly, then he wouldn't be with me. So, why would you want the job? Yeah, Mike, the question you have to ask yourself, the hitting coach that comes in here, can you fix Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Can you make him an aircraft carrier for the last two months of the season? That's all I want to know. Yes or no answer. That's it. If the answer to that is yes, come and do it. If the answer to that is I watch the same game you watch, I don't walk up to the plate with him, then I'm – because he's really – I – He's really the only guy I'm with you. Like, Matt Chapman hasn't been very good in the elevated fastball, and maybe it has something to do with – I do wonder, all of a sudden, why it just sort of disappeared after April with Matt Chapman. I do wonder that. that Well, it came back a bit. He had a decent decent July. He has 39 strikeouts and 110 at-bats. He's got two homers with runners in scoring position. If you're going to pay a guy for five years with a ton of money – 
It's all a ton market. of money. Okay, all, okay, go for it. That's, market, a, that's what you want to do for a guy who's a seven-hole hitter on a good team? Go ahead and do that. I'm sure he will because he has super agent, and that guy is really good at getting a lot of dudes a lot of money. And defensively, he's really good at it. But by the way, I like the we've we got the uh, I'd like those. The, we those got the uh, too. we got the tubes on the tube on here, and uh, those Chris Chris Bassett camo jerseys really are nice. solid. I didn't think I'd like them. I'll They're solid. I take one. I'd like one of those. I'd also like if the Jays are listening, if the Jays PR department is listening, I'd really like one of the bucket hats. They're not from. Uh, I know they are. <laughs> they are uh, the big fella from Ajax. That's really what he left. His name is the big fella from Ajax. Uh, this is the big fella from Ajax. Listen, don't sound. Big. I don't care if George Springer is old for a thousand. Hmm. How is George Springer? Not in the lineup, game one against the American League East Division leaders in August. Well, we are told it was a scheduled day off. And I can tell you that they, I mean, these things, they do schedule days off and they do them in advance. No question. Um, that was part I, of it. I, I, will have to, I will have to agree with you, though. The first game of the biggest series of the year. See, part of me looks at it this way, because whatever they're doing, if we operate under the assumption that it's a good thing that George Springer is healthy and in the lineup, which some of us are beginning to, but if we we operate under the assumption that that's the case, then whatever they're doing to keep him healthy this year is working because he's probably going to play the greatest number of games he's played, I think, since 2016 or whatever. So I'll throw that out there. Um, But yeah, Mm. biggest series of the year. I got my guy who I've got under contract for another, what did I just say, another four years or whatever. Three years after this. Three years after this year. I I could see that. You know, here's a question nobody asked, though. Uh, George Springer, and and I'm also a believer, I've said this, we give a guy a day off, a day off is a day off is a day off. Unless you're 7 and 20 in your division. And unless your best hitter, best player goes down with an injury. You know what I didn't know? At any point did George Springer go into the clubhouse, put his cleats on, and say, hey, man, you need me? No, he did not. You know, I, you, I, I, don't, I have no idea about the cleats thing. He was wearing a sweatshirt. No, but I'm saying it. Eighth inning. And, and, I, no, and sometimes it's all eyewash. Sometimes stuff like that is eye. And it's possible that John Schneider could have said, dude, you ain't doing anything. They did have a conversation. I, well, I think uh, Dan Shulman came on this show and said they had a conversation at 4 o'clock <clears throat> about what he was going to do in that game. I. I think if you remember correctly, uh, didn't Vladdy not play in Canada Day when he first got called? So they're they're scheduling these yeah. things like it's. Um, I guess you know uh, I, I get I get the listeners, I get the listeners' point of view. I do. I it's not that I don't it's not that I don't completely agree with it. It's I can see both sides of the if he situation. He was ten for his last fifteen. I'd, I'd, I'm pretty I'd certain they would have found I'd, they would have rescheduled that day off. Or they would have pinch hit for him. Or they would have pinched him in this eighth inning. Or Mike from St. Catharines. Uh, this is Mike from St. Catharines, but I am jumping ship. I can't Don't jump handle ship. this rest guy. Once again, we it's come rust. out with nothing. Well, okay, fine. He got hits. Okay, great. But once again, we've known for months that we've needed another bat. Everybody, my grandmother knew we needed a bat. Like, come on. And then when he addresses this media, I don't even want to hear it. I am officially a Baltimore Orioles fan. Oh, Ross. I love Toronto. I love the team. But I am not 
going to listen no more with that guy at the helm. I'm telling you, that guy couldn't drive. Oh, man. Oh, well, we were close in getting them. We were close, but we just didn't get them. We just couldn't get them. I, I'm telling you to listen to him, okay? He didn't do it in Cleveland. He's not doing it here. Get rid of Russ, guys, and I'll come back. Have a great day, guys. So I will mark you down as undecided uh, mm-hmm. about Ross Atkins. I mean, he, it's, his, it's his opinion. That is. Uh, look, I expected. everybody. I think everybody did. Again, I, I'm not going to say. Uh, I always throw this caveat out there. We just, we really don't know no how, how close anything. I mean, we just don't. We don't. But I get back to this. A team with this payroll, with these expectations, with the struggles they are having, the in struggles one part of their game. One part. Thank you. I made this point yesterday. This team's pitching is good enough to go on a deep run. Mm-hmm. This team's bullpen is good enough to go on a deep run. It's deep enough to go on a deep run. The outfield defense. The outfield defense is really good. Is really, really good. This outfield doesn't lose that, doesn't blow that play against the Seattle Mariners last year. So all that is being said. There is, I don't know how many teams you can look at that team and say, you know what? If, if these guys just hit a little better with runners in scoring position, they'd be better. That's it with that's that's it with the Blue Jays. That's it there. Hit better with runners in scoring position. And I don't know if that can be taught, whatever. And, and you know, I understand there's a certain amount of bad luck to this when it comes to sequencing. You said sometimes it doesn't work out and you end up with Matt Chapman up with a runner in second base instead of, I get all that. We had Merrifield. But <sighs> they're, in, in the very least, in the very least, they needed to bring somebody in here that gave this lineup a little something different. And I get back to this. I'm yeah, Paul DeYoung is a good defensive player. I get all that. I do not understand how an organization hangs on to Santiago Espinal all year. And all I'm hearing from people is, you know what his biggest strength is? He's the only guy we have who can play shortstop if Bo Bichette goes down. Mm-hmm. Then Bo Bichette goes down and you basically say, yeah, the guy we were keeping because we thought he was good enough to replace. Well, we're going to have to go out and make a trade. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm going to move on from that. It's a good answer. I have Grant and Peterborough. Grant, take us home. Just Grant. Uh, wondering, what do you guys think uh, Vladdy Vladdy Junior is worth? Like it's something I've been thinking about all summer. Who is he? Is he the guy in, who hit, you know, whatever fifty home runs or whatever it was in 2021? Or is he the guy who's like a good player, not a great player, like the or seven years he's played here or whatever it is? I'm just wondering what's what's what what's he really worth? Because I don't think he's any forty-five, fifty million a year guy. Thanks very much. Ah, uh, wanted bat to bet your paycheck on. Who you giving it to? Everybody's healthy on this team. Yeah, Bo. Who's second right now? Want it bad. Wit. I think that will tell you all you need to know right now. Uh, Grant, can you call us back at the end of the year? Because I will have a better idea about what I think of Vladdy Jr. at the end of the year. I want to see 
I want to see what happens down the stretch here. Because, and I, and I just want people to think about this. Think about what you thought about Bo Bichette last year at one point. Moving him to second. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Think about what that September did to your impressions about Bo Bichette. Think about what this year did to your impressions about Bo Bichette. You nailed that. That's all I'm going to say. Think about that and keep that in mind with Vladdy. I'm, I'm, not saying it, I'm, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to happen, but that's why I'm... Because I was a bow believer from the beginning, and I found myself waning a little bit last year. Like, I, I, I admit, I was kind of... Well, he I mean, earned that. I, but, I mean, I'm a Bo... I, I, I love... Bo is one of my favorite players to watch. I he love is. watching Bo Bichette, mm-hmm. and I love talking to Bo Bichette. Like, everything about Bo Bichette. I was waning a little bit last year. So I'm, other than saying that I think this is a good time for Vladdy to put this team on his shoulders, I need to wait and see what he does this year before I make that decision. They've never needed him more. That's a very good way to put it. That's it for Blair and Barker today. We are doing Blue Jays talk after the game. Uh, You sure? Tomorrow we're doing Blue Jays talk with Blair and Barker after the Jays game Mm. on TV. So you'll be able to see us and talk to us. We are going to turn it over to the lovely and talented Caleb Joseph and the equally lovely and talented Ben Wagner in a few minutes. They'll have the call of the game. 707 is the first pitch. Jays and Orioles. See if the boys can brew up a win today, shall we? Enjoy the baseball. Baseball.